Welcome to Grace Notes, Devotions at the Piano with Marlene. I am your devotionalist, and each Monday and Wednesday, I will share a brief devotional based on scripture with a theme, reflection, song, and prayer. Let's go to God together. Today's theme is based on the name Bathsheba. And our title is Bathsheba, the village and the queen. I will give our scripture reference later in the devotional and you'll understand why when you listen. As I wrote today's devotional, I was on a plane returning home to the United States from a trip to my grandmother's home country, the country Barbados. While on the plane, I was reflecting about my trip. One day, my cousin Kay took my family and I on a sightseeing adventure around the island. And she took us to the east coast of Barbados to a beach in the Paris of St. Joseph section in Barbados called Bathsheba. Bathsheba is a beautiful beach and village on the Atlantic coast of Barbados. Oh my, I still can see that beautiful scenery, which is indescribable and picturesque. Observing the scenery while going down this long road to the beach of Bathsheba was breathtaking. Indescribable, as I said earlier. The waves, the colors of the ocean, the boulders and the rocks in the water, the foam hitting against the rocks. We got out the car and my family walked around. I sat at the table in front of the beach and just observed the beauty, the water, the beach, the waves, the huge rock or boulder could be seen while sitting at the table. You know, I didn't even take a picture. I took in the beauty. I did have some things on my mind. I just sat there and took in the beauty. In Bathsheba, you can't swim because of the roughness and the turbulence of the waves. It is also a major surfing, it's also called the Soup Bowl. Competitions happen in Bathsheba. And I can't surf. I only can swim and not in rough water. So I just took in the beauty. When we left the village of Bathsheba, my cousin stopped the car on top of the hill and let us look over the cliff to see the valley, beach, and ocean. My, my, my. I wanted my camera, but I didn't want to go looking for it. I wanted to experience God's beauty and not frantically look for my camera phone. Marlene? I said to myself, enjoy the moment. No one in my family took a picture. We just looked. Beauty. God's creation. Now there is one downside. Unfortunately, loads of seaweed, a type of brown algae called sargassum, has marred some of the beautiful white beach and ocean. The sargassum 
seaweed drifts in from the ocean onto land. My cousin said they believe the seaweed that arrives is part of global warming. Now you've heard me say Bathsheba many times. And you may wonder, what is Sister Marlene trying to say? As we were driving to the destination of Bathsheba, my cousin asked someone for the best directions to get to Bathsheba. But I looked around and looked at the signs and realized she was saying Bathsheba, but the sign read Bathsheba. Then I realized Bayesians, that's what they call the people in Barbados, say Bathsheba different than Americans. Americans say Bathsheba. In Barbados, they say Bathsheba. Marlene, you are in another country. You're an outsider. You know what the famous saying says. When in Rome, do as the Romans do. Bathsheba. I was in Bathsheba. Bathsheba means daughter of an oath, a name of Hebrew origin. I haven't heard the name Bathsheba before or any other place called Bathsheba until my recent trip to Barbados. There is a biblical connection. While leaving the area, I wondered, why do they call this beautiful part of Barbados Bathsheba? I knew I would research this as soon as I got home. The village is called Bathsheba. This beautiful place is known to resemble Bathsheba's bath. The, you know, remember Bathsheba, the woman in the Bible, whose husband was Uriah. I quote, with its turbulent waves, the water at Bathsheba Beach is often white with foam and thus looked like a milk bath to early settlers, unquote. So this small fishing village was given the queen's name in the Bible, Bathsheba or Bathsheba. While sitting on the plane on my journey back to the United States, I started wondering about the woman in the Bible named Bathsheba. She's Uriah's wife, an officer in David's army, and they lived next door. And they lived next door to David. Now let's give today's scripture reference. 2 Samuel 12, 9. Why did you despise the word of the Lord by doing what is evil in his eyes? You struck down Uriah, the Hittite, with the sword and took his wife to be your own. You killed him with the sword of the Ammonites. Many of you may know David and Bathsheba's story. But do we really know Bathsheba's story? As a retired teacher, teachers often ask students to tell a story from someone else's point of view in the story. We really don't know all of Bathsheba's story and we really don't know her heart. David took Bathsheba as his wife although she originally belonged to Uriah. David's lust of the eye and lust of the flesh caused him to have sex with Bathsheba. He saw her bathing one day in the bath and his he just lusted after her and told himself he had to have her. Well, he did, and that sexual occurrence 
resulted in a pregnancy. And then David wanted to cover up this stuff. Then he chose to have Uriah killed in the line of duty. I have questions. Does Bathsheba know this is how she became David's wife? Was she a willing participant? Did she love David in the beginning? Did she love David in the end? How does she feel about the predicament that she was in? Pregnant with another man's baby and was married to Uriah. Now a widow because her husband is dead. What did she say to her mother, father, sisters, or brothers if she had any? What did she say to her best friend? Did she confide in her best friend? Did she confide in her servants? Since I was on the plane back to the United States without internet to research any of this or a Bible application or even a physical Bible in my hand, I knew I had to research this later. But does the Bible really tell us all about Bathsheba's feelings and thoughts? No, it doesn't. There are questions that have not been answered. But maybe God felt she wasn't the focus of this story. The focus was about the lust of the eye and the lust of the flesh that David had. And that is sin. Sin in our hearts will allow terrible things to happen. For instance, murder. We can't have what belongs to others because that is called covetousness. After all was said and done, David realized that he was wrong. Very wrong. A little too late because Uriah is dead. Bathsheba is pregnant. A whole lot wrong is going on here. But David had a contrite spirit. He asked God to forgive him in Psalms 51. But David's sin ruined a man's life. Bathsheba's life. The life of the baby that died from the adulterous affair. And the life of others that we don't even know about. The Bible doesn't tell us. What about Joab? Who had to make the arrangements to have Uriah Put on the front line at King David's request. Lord have mercy. You know, we may not have killed anyone, but our sins have an effect on others. The penalty of our sins has effect on others. The consequences of our sins have an effect on others. Not just us. Lord, forgive us. When a person cheats on a spouse, that person's lust of the eye for someone else will affect the lives of the other spouse, children if there are any, and other family members, maybe even co-workers. There is a penalty for sin, and not only does the offender have to pay, others as well. Sometimes it's even an entire nation of people that may have to pay for the sins of their leaders. And you know that goes for churches too. Sometimes our pastors don't live holy. And that will affect an entire church. Sex sins aren't the only type of sins. There's drug abuse, lying, covetousness, gluttony drunkenness, just to name a few. Saints of God, we must confess sin. We must be sorrowful when we sin. 
You know, while I was in Barbados, I asked my taxi driver if he goes to church. He was proud and he told me, yes, I go to church. And he told me where he attended. And then I asked him if he was a Christian. Had he asked Jesus Christ into his life? He said he goes to church, but he's not a Christian. Mm, I, my mother and I listened to him as he talked. And we thought something was a little strange. So I continued to talk to him. And as I listened to him talk, I realized he was a Christian. But he felt that he was not a true Christian or a holy roller or an upstanding Christian because he did not live a sinless life. My mom and I explained to him that if we confess our sins, Jesus will forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Jokingly, I told him my halo gets tilted sometimes. Ha ha ha. No one is sinless but God. In Romans 3.23, it says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But saints of God, we are not to walk around with sin in our lives. We need to confess it immediately when it happens. You know, David did a horrible thing. Murder and adultery. Because of the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh. But God forgave him. And use him mightily for the kingdom of God and as a king also. So my friends, if sin happens, confess it. Don't seek the sin, but if it occurs, confess it. Ask God to help, ask God to help us live a holy and righteous life. That's my prayer. Lord, help me. Lord, watch my mouth, my actions, my thoughts and deeds. When I veer off the path, my dear Father, please forgive me. Saints of God, let's learn the life lessons from David. Not to be covetous when we sin, ask for forgiveness. Have a contrite spirit. Have a sorrowful spirit when we ask God to forgive us. Don't ask God just to forgive us that we won't get in trouble because there is a penalty for sin. The penalty varies from person to person. I can't even get into that because God is sovereign and he deals with the penalty for sin. Unfortunately, David's penalty was the death of his baby from the adulterous affair. Ooh, what a huge penalty for having an adulterous affair. A baby died. We must ask. He's not going to make us. We must ask him to forgive us. He is faithful to forgive us our sins. Today, I will sing of the beauty of God's creation and specifically of the beauty of Bathsheba or Bathsheba in Barbados. The people of Barbados named Bathsheba for the resemblance of the beautiful bath that Bathsheba or Bathsheba bathed in. How great thou art is the first song. Words were written by a Swedish poet, speaker, writer, and politician named Carl Gustav Boberg to the tune of a Swedish folk song. And I'll sing a verse or two of For the Beauty of the Earth. The words were written by Foliot Sanford Pierpot and Conrad Koshner composed the tune. God bless you.
Let's go to God in prayer. Father God, we started our devotional talking about the beautiful place named Bathsheba. But the story about Bathsheba or Bathsheba and David is not so pretty. Father God, we have some dark things in our life. Let's just call it sin. We have, some of us have sin in our lives and we need to confess it. Some people don't even know about our sin. I wonder how many people even knew that David had Uriah killed. We know, we know some people knew, but how many people really knew? Father God, some of the things in our hearts, we should just confess, knowing that they're wrong, even though no one else knows they're wrong. Father God, we just ask you to cleanse us, wash us, and we thank you for forgiving us of our sins when we ask for forgiveness. We give you glory today. We give you honor today. You're so worthy. And we're so grateful to have you in our lives. Oh God, I'm, we're grateful. And we give you thanks today, I pray. Amen. Thanks for joining me today on Grace Notes, Devotions at the Piano with Marlene. Make sure you visit my website, MarleneJenkinsCooper.com, where you can connect with me. I would love to hear from you. While you're at it, if you found value in this podcast, I'd appreciate it if you click on the button to subscribe or follow and give us a rating wherever you listen to your podcast. Or if you simply tell a friend about the podcast, that would help me out too. If you like this podcast, you may want to check out my book, Grace Notes, 5-Minute Inspirational Devotions for the Church Choir, Musicians, and Friends of Music. Be sure to tune in on Mondays and Wednesdays for new releases of our devotional episodes. God's grace is sufficient for each of us. Blessings.